the flower of life is important to sacred geometry because it's like it's found all over the world for one thing. Um, but the reason it's it's found all over the world is because check check check. You uh, all you have to do to draw it is you have to be able to draw. You have to be able to draw a perfect check, circle, check, check. and then you also have to be able to draw. That's it. You just have to be able to draw a perfect circle. Oh, okay. So you draw. <laughs> oh, a, that's all. You draw a perfect circle with your compass, and then you see so you have the pencil side and the point side, and then you move the point side of your compass to the outside uh-huh. of the circle, and you draw a circle, and then you you kind of do the same thing. But the idea is that the reason it's like considered like a perfect geometrical thing is because like that's all you need. Like you don't have to measure. It sort of establishes itself. Like logically or whatever, huh? And then the the flower that's the flower of the the the, uh, the shape that you get when you draw that is the flower of life. And then within the flower of life is the egg of life. And then and then the reason it's like important to sacred geometry is because oh, there's that like, weird triangle avicular egg thing. It's part yeah. of a balanced sacred breakfast. It's like the the symbol for the Trinity. <laughs> Brought to you by Kellogg's. If you took the symbol for the, you know the the Trinity symbol, it's like yeah, the Vesica Pisces is just a thing that goes like this. It's like an eye, but if it was like vertical or in any other direction. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't those all a part of like your chakra? That's a football. Sh- yeah, yeah, chakras have to do with it. I don't know how into chakras I am. I'm like, I believe it, okay. it has some significance, but I don't think it necessarily has as much significance as like the Buddhists or like New Age people put into it. And it's fine as long as it's an analogy for... Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, and that's how I feel about a lot of that like sort of hippy-dippy spiritual stuff is if you think of it like it's an analogy for if it's like a simplified analogy for psychological phenomenon or for physiological phenomenon then it's fine it's fine to use that language to talk about it you know what i mean yeah and that's how i feel about drunk duncan trussell like if you don't know anything if you haven't listened to duncan trussell very much Dude, i love duncan trussell i do too but if you haven't listened to him very much you think this guy is baddie and he probably is but a yeah. lot of the times when he's talking about that hippy dippy mumbo jumbo He's using that sort of as an analogy to talk about this other thing. Yeah. Well, do you guys get those feelings like what what the like seven chakras or something like that? But like it depends on who you ask. Okay. Some people say there's like thirteen. Oh. The well, number the number goes the up. yeah it does go it goes uh, seven's like it's like the minimum though. Well, because seven's a sacred number and yeah. So isn't like I, I feel like there's a lot of emotions that they they just travel from the top of your head to wait. Like, I'm just gonna go ahead and start us to your organs and let you like okay. We'll do Planet X. Let's just do a cold open. Well, I haven't started recording yet. Oh, yeah, I have. Never mind. Continue. So we we did cold open. Okay. Hey, guys. I am a little chilly. Welcome to Black Mesa Radio. This is your host, Chase. And Josh. And Nate. And Seth. And we're live. We are live. Live. You guys didn't do a funny Not live when you're listening to this. Live in the past. Live right now while we're recording. Live in the past sounds like the most hipster band name. We are live. Yeah. Live in the past. So today, people, we're going to be talking about uh, Planet X. We're going to be talking about, apparently, some sacred... Geometry, we're going to be talking about a bunch of, a bunch of cool things. Gematria. So let's get going. Chase was saying something about chakras. Yeah, something about how you were talking about the uh, chakras being metaphors. And I I could see how that's perhaps more accurate depending on who you talk to. But I definitely feel the the different thought processes in different parts of my body, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Nope. Elaborate. 
Uh, well, like nervousness is. I'm not in, saying you're wrong. In, I just don't know like, what you mean. Nervousness is in your gut. Yeah. But like anger manifests as like heat in your head. Really? It's in my chest. Yeah. And then all well, the maybe your anger comes from stuff. a different place. And then your heart, like too, like yeah. Sexual feelings, like it's heart and groin. <laughs> like you know, but, double whammy. Uh, yeah, it is. Have you ever? I mean, thinking about metacognition in general, have you guys ever like thought about what it feels like to be angry, what it feels like to be sad, like while you're in the moment? Like, because I've been, I've definitely been there in the moment where I'm angry, and I'm like, it feels so strange because it's a definite physical feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Seth. Have you ever seen the heat maps? The heat signatures. Uh, the heat signatures of people. Feeling various emotions. No, huh? yeah, I have. It's really weird. I'd like to see that. It's fascinating, yeah. Because it talk- shows, you know, people who are angry. It's in like their head. People who are in love. It's like in their their chest and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like one was like nervousness, and it was like yeah. in your stomach. Capillaries then, expand based on and the depression. Like, it was areas. just like very low heat signature. Full everywhere. body. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. It's very because strange. depression. I feel like most people that have like suffered actual like. Uh, <clears throat> Like diagnosed depression, I say actual. Like Everybody, the other depressions not legit. No, I don't no. mean it like that. I just mean like people who have suffered like diagnosed depression. Like the the definition that seems to be most prevalent is like sort of just a numbness rather than like yeah. an intense. It's sadness. like a dull dullness to things. It's like you don't feel like doing anything. Yeah, oh, I hate um, that. I get that a lot. There is uh, there's overwhelming evidence that everybody in their at some point in their life will experience depression because the thing about mental illness that people don't understand, um, and I'm just, this is straight Josh's psychology background coming out. Um, it, it, mental illness is just like anything else. Like you can get sick with a cold and then get better. You can get sick with depression or anxiety, or in some cases it's been proven that uh, most adults will have at least a few hallucinations, um, uh, like sober hallucinations, hallucinations in their lifetime. Um, at one point or another. And that came out uh, a couple months back. I'll show you the study because Jason's squinting. Oh, I don't, I was thinking about something. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just like doubting me. He was me. just ignoring you and thinking about something. I was like, fine, I'll cite my different. sources. Um, no, but there's been evidence. And the thing is, people don't get that. People don't understand that you will all go through that. So, kind of on what you're saying, um, with it being a dullness and stuff, like we've all, we can all relate to that feeling because we've all had it at some point. But isn't that interesting that uh, everybody talks about your brain and obviously uh, neurologists are studying how the brain works right now. But if you really look at it, where do your neurons stop? Nowhere. You, you Pretty much your whole body is your brain. And if you think about this analogy of chakras, it's just your brain working in different parts of your body. And we talked about this with muscle memory, hmm. that your neurons are there and they have a – they've calculated – the specific uh, storage capacity of an individual neuron. So every part of your body is capable of thinking or at least participating in the thinking process. There, there, uh, yeah, I, I like that better than, than saying it's capable of thinking. Because I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I also don't agree with you. Could you that say that a thought is like the sum of like all those chemical reactions and like physiological well, changes? Well, it's just like when you well, have... Well, that's, that's a different debate, whether it's the chemical reaction, but do they right, partake yeah. in the... Thought processes. You have, so. you have to think it's an evolutionarily beneficial thing to react, you know, that your body reacts to things before you're consciously aware of them happening. Well, that's thin slicing. Yeah, which happens all the time. Yeah. Good book, by the way, uh, people, if you haven't read it, it's by, um, what's his name? The New York Times guy. It's Blink by um, 
Thin slicing by just just read the book Blink. You're looking it's at me like good. I can answer this question. Blink by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, here's, here's, here's Morgan. I almost said Spurlock. Morgan, it's not Morgan Spurlock, and it's not that, and it doesn't matter. I'll say it in a minute when it hits me. It's a, it's a, oh, oh, I was so close just. Now. I know. Okay. It's, I'm looking it up. Don't, don't, yeah. don't. Okay, don't. Well, let's, I just use, let's tell, use our brains. Let's use our body me. brains to figure it out. <laughs> I'm thinking with my fingers right <laughs> I'm now. I'm rubbing them together. Mm, um. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is, uh, thin slicing is where you'll come into a situation and automatically assess it and make a determination without any real information other than what you've gathered from the moment that you'll, you walked into it. It's really a subconscious calculation that your mind has already put together all the answers. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, is Gladwell. the author of Blink. Read it. It's great. So your, your mind has already pre-calculated all of these things that you've learned, which is really what, uh, practice is all about so you put these pathways in your brain and they're no longer conscious they're subconscious similar to uh so i played baseball how do you catch a baseball it's calculus in order to calculate that it would be insane yeah you have to get so far into calculus before you could like i mean you have to get pretty far well but the thing is it's insane because it is okay so like the ball is thrown by the pitcher the ball is then hit by the batter it goes up at like a 78 degree angle and then starts coming down at like right. an almost it's 90 degree angle. And you have to have the equation that would describe it and you have to yeah. have the but, area of the baseball and then you also have the wind. And you have to on. judge wind like just density, air pressure. humidity, air pressure. Yeah. Just air in general because then, air has a, a thickness to it. The pure mechanics of like your body like the what you have to do with your body to get there like to calculate all that would be crazy. So but really, it's also one of those things to where it's like Yes, that does happen on paper, but in real life you can just see, oh, there it is. Click. Right. Yeah, that's what's awesome so, about it. Yeah, it's like a amazing. professional dude, like it's it's less than second nature. It's like just you could sleep and do it. But really, walking is thin slicing as well because that's what you're doing as a as a young baby. Yeah, is you're uh, creating that pathway and you no longer think about it. It's again, it's not even second nature. It's just, oh, I'm walking right now. I didn't even. I did that Realize this morning. Um, I don't know if that's metacognition because it's technically not thinking about thinking. It's thinking about body movements. But at the same time, those body movements are controlled by thoughts. Perhaps. So anyway. It's meta something. It's meta. Yeah, it's meta something. It's meta, but I was bro. walking into work and I had closed up my car, walk, you know, was walking towards my uh, office. And I was thinking to myself, I'm walking without even – like I didn't think about walking. I just did it. And I know that's a stupid statement, but that's – what I was thinking about, and it blew my mind. For you into that bubble zone of why does anything exist? Yeah, Suddenly I do that how so to much. <laughs> I get existential about once a month, and Mary has to smack me around and say, "You got to stop, dude." I love that. I don't. Well, it, I, I like it, but it, I get bad. What if your legs didn't know they were legs? Existentialism and depression always come together for me. Uh, me too. Like if I'm going through a really bad time, I'm like, "What is the point of this? Why do I exist? Uh, I should just kill myself." I think that. Well, please this don't. Is how it is for everybody. I guess that's debatable. I think there's different types of existentialism. I get existential in the fact that I think nothing matters. Um, and that in the grand scheme of thing, everything, in the grand scheme of things, everything is pointless. See, that's definitely the depression side, which I've definitely right. No, I don't get you sad are. by experience it, that. It's a bright bunch you are. But I don't get sad. I'm just like, <laughs> I actually get kind of inspired because I'm like, if nothing I, I do matters, I can do whatever I want. Which makes no sense. I know, right? <laughs> and that's how I figured out I was God. <laughs> Dennis Reynolds. But I also, there's, there's a different type of what I call my existentialism because, yes, I do get the... He calls it his existentialism. Well, because a lot of people talk about it, like, you know, Nate just said, like, it, well, it's, it's Your depressing. version, the way you feel it. Like, I, yeah, I, I get what you're I, saying. I understand. He it was, feels it with different chakras. Yeah. 
douchebag. He feels Josh. It, he feels it with the chakra that's behind your balls. <laughs> Between your butt and balls. The, the grundle shot. That's where the first one is. It's the red one, I think. Because <laughs> the they all have colors. They have corresponding it's colors. It's the prostate chakra. I don't even uh, want to talk about it. It really this is. Anymore. That's where it is. No, it is. one He's, between there and the navel. Look, if you look at the chakra chart, like there's one that starts right right well, at the taint. And that's I what they we say. were going to talk that's about what my they taint say. on this podcast. So. Well, you thought wrong. <laughs> Tish is just like, my prostate is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get existential. Uh, Mom, if you ever listen to this episode, I apologize. Uh, oh, she doesn't listen to this, does she? Yeah, she does. Oh, anyway, I apologize. Continue, Chase. Talk about your your taint. <laughs> I yeah. didn't realize Mom. Talk, talk about your taint chakra. Just okay. go. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about anymore. You, uh, your version your of existential. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. My <laughs> version of existentialism. Oh, God. So, when I started to contemplate the universe in existence, like, I, I always, like, I did this from, like, a kid. I remember being, like, eight years old and just sitting on my bed and thinking about, uh, okay, so I was raised in a religious household. You guys have probably gathered that by now, listeners. What? Uh, and I would try and think about God, and, you know, God created everything. And so I would go to, uh, the place where, okay, Technically, even space, like just physical three-dimensional space, is something. We've proven that by the uh, uh, radio waves. It has a certain resistance to it, so we can prove that there is something to just There's empty space substance itself. substance there. Right. Substance. Also, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle and other factors uh, prove that space is something. So I try and be like, what, what would exist without space? Like, there would just be God. And, like, obviously I can't contemplate. Yeah. Non-space, nor can I contemplate God. And I was like, well, what if God doesn't even exist? And it was like, well, that's just empty, complete nothingness. But I was like, and even that's somethingness. Yeah, because nothingness is somethingness, technically. Um, I do that, too. But I'll, I'll go – I mean, I wasn't a kid when I started doing that. I started doing that was probably in my late teens. Um, but I would just start thinking about – and I still do this – to where, like, there's so much empty space between everything. Yeah. Like – uh, that's you weird. are mostly empty We're space. We're mostly empty space. Like when you boil things down to the most quantum of quantum levels, like there's just giant gaps of nothingness. The the ratio is about for like your human body, you're about one in uh ten to the fifteenth parts actual matter. The rest of it's empty space. So like mm. one in like what is that like a thousand trillion or something. Something like that. The fact that anything exists blows my mind. And I will, I'm serious when I say this. Like, about once a week, I think about that. And I'm just like, the fact that, like, there's, I'm able to just sit at, like, a desk and work on, like, paperwork, or I'm able to go out into the field and take pictures, like, it does, that blows my mind. Like, everything One of my that f- exists in the universe, like, physical size, like, actual physical mass, if you can condense it down, would probably like fit into the palm of your hand. It would be so dense, though. One of my favorite quotes is an Einstein quote, and he just said, you either live your life believing that, or I'm probably about to butcher it, but he said something like, you either live your life believing, right. believing that nothing is a miracle or believing that everything is. Dog. And to me, that's like a, that's like a Taoist cone, almost, in the sense that like... Seth's pointing at my Einstein picture in my room. <laughs> he's, he's my boy. If you follow it logically, it, it kind of turns out the same. Like, nothing is a miracle, everything's a miracle, well, like, everything's mm-hmm. a miracle, then it, like, sort of diminishes 
it diminishes the fact that it's a miracleness. It's like when I mean? everybody gets a participation award, right? So if you actually like follow it out logically, it's sort of it's sort of self defeating. But like it's kind of like a Dallas cone like that. Like it's a self defeating thing that you can just like think about. And think I guess about I kind of disagree because it's like the statement that everyone but, is special. So if everyone's special, that means nobody's special. Well, right. I actually disagree with that. Like everybody can be just special. Like every number is special because it's unique from every other number even though they're all numbers well and that's just a very limited in the grand scheme of the universe the fact that we're here and we're talking and we exist is a miracle and the fact that humanity is a thing is a miracle like and it's it makes us all individually special because if you take the whole like just just our galaxy into uh consideration we're an endangered species like and every single one of us matters life is an endangered species yeah one of my favorite things about like the book of genesis uh is when because is is the idea that like adam is made out of like the dust of the ground it's like one of my favorite things because like when is it uh was it was it Neil deGrasse Tyson that said the thing about like you are stardust, or is that yeah, it's Neil deGrasse Tyson? Star but stuff? also Star uh, stuff, yeah. Carl Sagan. Both. Yeah, I think Carl Sagan coined it originally. Well, same thing, same thing. Different quotes. Yeah, you're yeah. made out of the stuff that the universe is like made out of. Like you're made out of the yeah. environment that you live in. Like you and it are made out of the same stuff. Like and I, that's just mind blowing to me. Like you're a part of it, and it's a part of you. Like where do you stop, and where does it begin? And you can even think about it, like cognitively what we were talking about. Like yeah. where do you stop, and where does your environment begin? It's like did we talk about this in the first it's hard, season? It's hard to distinguish. About like what makes you physical you because your body replaces every we did. atom we, in your uh, body like every five years. It wasn't the main topic, but it was a a topic. And you could say, well, your DNA like determines what is you, but your DNA changes over time too. Like based on what we know yeah. about epigenetics and not only that, but like right. that's what aging is, is your DNA yeah. breaking down. Dude, speaking of aging. <sighs> so I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and he had Dana White on there and they were talking about, it was the post Rousey fight um, podcast. And I don't know if you guys have listened to it yet. It's really good. Listen to it. I have um, it It's fantastic. Uh, I have it downloaded. Or but they talk about, um, these epigeneticists who have been working on reversing aging and they have a mouse that's 10 years old that they've been working on um that looks like it's about one month old what because they've they've been used they've been manipulating its dna to make it younger um and it's perfectly healthy and it's fine and whenever they go like global with this it's going to change mankind forever like did you hear that uh uh, Rockefeller got his like ninth or eighth heart transplant. That's crazy. Golly, what? He's like a hundred years old. Man, I read a thing today that made me so what? depressed. What? Like, um, I, don't, I don't know. Personally, I eventually want to die. I kind of. I do too, but I want it to be after a couple thousand years, so I can just have some good times. Um, <laughs> I take it. What do you like? I was actually thinking about this the other day, uh, and this is gonna sound really stupid. It was like, do old people just get dizzy with the world? Like with it going round and round all the time, the same crap happening, and you're just looking at people like you're an idiot. Just day I mean, after I, day, I'm year sure after they do. year, you just like want to get off the carousel. Empire after empire. I mean, because you think about this, like uh, my well, they not too long ago died, but my great grandparents they were born in like 1906, and so he would have been part of like a completely different universe. I mean, just yeah. empire wise. Like, uh, you know, the fall of Great Britain, the fall of the Ottoman Empire, the fall of France, really. I mean, these were all 
huge empires. And they saw the rise of Russia, the rise of the United States, the rise of China. China was when did a the, third when did world the country. Die? The rise and fall of Germany twice. What? When did the yeah. Bolsheviks, like that whole thing happen? The Bolsheviks happened in the Was 1800s. it the late 1800s? It was, the, it was in the mid to late 1800s. Okay, I was about to say, did your grandpa live through that too? Because that's crazy. No, that, that was the 1800s. Okay, never mind. Um, I was reading about just quotes in general, like sp- like inspirational quotes and this one ended up being depressing, not inspirational. But it was. Is that de- my Irish red or is that one that somebody else brought? I'm, I brought that, but you can have it. I'm cool with sharing beer, but I really want my Irish red. <laughs> That's, I brought that one. You brought you, that one? Yeah, okay. But, but take it. I don't care. I love red. Somebody else can have my Irish red later. Then. That's a good. The quote I read was, um, by, oh my gosh, I can't remember who it's by now, but it was, it said, uh, democracy is the illusion that a married couple has more political power than a Rockefeller. And I was uh, like, dang. Yeah. Well, it depends on, like, I think it's really interesting the so-called democracy that we live in today is not Oligarchy. even close to the democracy. Plutocracy. Yeah, there's a lot of Now you're just making up words. Like, the Greeks had the closest to a true democracy. Globalopacy. But so then, too. that too. We saw how ineffective that is at unifying a nation, and that's why we had the Articles of Confederation fail, because it was actually more uh, democratic in a sense that, uh, you know, the states would vote on a lot more things, but the federal government pretty much had zero power. Why Just did- like Agamemnon trying to unify all of Greece was this mo like, ginormous task, and God knows how it happened to defeat Troy, but it, it did. Because war brings people together. It was really hard, though, but he had to defeat all the other War people. will bring us together. <laughs> he had to defeat all the other portions of Greece in order to bring them into uh, the war to Troy. So that could have been what would have happened with the United States if we didn't come under the current Constitution. Yeah. I think it's funny that people still try and use the Article of Confederations as a legitimate source of, like, calling yourself a free individual. You can't. Oh, you God. can't do that. Like, I am, according to the Articles of Confederation, I am a free individual and that I can... Blah blah blah. You uh, cannot detain Article me. Four. I mean, it? technically, those are thrown out via treason. So, also the fact that some people believe that you can use the U.S. Constitution even though you're not a U.S. citizen, because it only applies to citizens and U.S. What are those people called? And like U.S. Whatever. Well, I don't know which which you like. Owned there's by the U.S. Are you talking about like America Samoa? Or are you talking about Puerto yeah, Rico? Yeah, like American Samoa and Puerto Rico, like all those different uh, types of non-citizenships. They're whatever. called nationalists. No, Samoans. Yeah, the U.S. Samoans are like U.S. nationalists. U.S. nationals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's called a not unincorporated, undisputed territory. Would be Puerto Rico. Yeah, just these ridiculous terms. I don't. But Puerto Rico really should be a state. Honestly, at this point, they probably should. but they don't get any voting rights. So, well, that's because Dude, that's... they don't have. They're not a state. They're an unincorporated individual. Or unin- what did I say a second ago? I can't remember it now. Unincorporated. If you have whatever. to live under the law, you should have a say in like no who gets taxation to make the without representation. Yeah, like how simple is that? They get uh, congressional representatives that don't get a vote. Yeah, but they're citizens, kind of like the Pope is for the UN. Yeah, P- permanent. Listening status. He said the Pope. So they're they're privy to all the talks and information, but they don't get to do anything. Mm. They can voice opinions, but they have no legal say. But they also so have... like a delegate from American Samoa could go uh, onto the congressional floor and speak to Congress, but they couldn't vote. Okay. They have they have all the same like duties, 
duties as a congressman except for the vote, which is the only important one really. But they also get a little bit more leeway with how they run their government than the U.S. does, and not all the EPA standards uh, are privy to Puerto Rico. That's true. They can have as much lead in their water as they want. Well, just sweet, saying. sweet, delicious. I'm lead. kidding, by the way. I don't know if that's true. Well, like you Sorry, know, all, Puerto Rico. all these states. Heard here first, and everybody knows that regulation is a boon to to capitalism and progress. <laughs> bad for everything. <laughs> it's just this ridiculous. Like you need to have such a balance between. A capitalist society and a regulated society, yeah, which all regulated do. societies, whatever, it's fascist or socialist or communist, whatever. Those are all like uber-regulated societies. So there definitely needs to be a balance or else uh, either corporations run everything or the government eats up everything and becomes its own evil entity. Yeah. Neither really work. Um, speaking of things like this conversation, have you, any of you watched The Man from Hightower yet? No. I nope. want to. I've never even heard of it. It's about a uh, U.S. a modern USA if Germany had won the war um, oh. and split it down the middle pretty much between Japan and Germany. That's interesting. Wait, isn't that like a Netflix original series? Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Supposedly, it's really no. good. I want to watch I it. I don't have. I've Amazon, heard. I've heard good right things. up my alley. I need to. What watch is that, that show called? The Man from High Tower. Alternate history. That's not what it's called. Fun. The that show that I'm exactly thinking of. It's called. Oh. Okay, well, I've seen... I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was called The Man in the Hightower. I think it's The Man from Hightower. Whatever. Mr. Hightower was uh, Steve Harvey's character on the Steve Harvey show. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I still want to read the Superman Red Sun comics. Oh, it's so good. It is really Um, good. It is fantastic. So, Red Sun... I I think a lot of the new Batman Superman movie... um, So, listeners, we're going to Nerd Town now. Um, a lot of the Batman Superman movie, especially the scene where population, most people these days, right? The scene, okay. In the trailer, you see a scene where like Batman's in the desert and there's a bunch of guys with like guns that have Superman patches on their arms and they're like, kind of like wrestling him to the ground. That is a scene straight up out of red sun, uh, where Superman has pretty much dominated the world at that point in the name of Russia. Um, it's where Superman lands in Russia instead, instead of the, of the US. Yeah, Red Sun is a comic series where instead of landing in Kansas, in Smallville, Kansas, Superman lands in Moscow and is raised by the Russian government to be like, in the cold, middle of the Cold War, to be like their super weapon. So legit. It's, I need to read oh, that. Oh, it's so good. I think I have it. I might like Superman better like that. <laughs> Superman as a villain. That Superman's, is interesting. Superman's like standalone, you know, like one shot comics. You know, like the different graphic novels. Those are really good. Like Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, All-Star Red Superman. Sun, those are all Red really Sun. good. I'm actually a pretty big Superman fanboy, which is a super unpopular opinion. Because everybody's like, he's just a Boy Scout and he's invincible. He's too blah, blah, blah. But well-written Superman stories are fantastic. Well, you just have to alter what he's, uh, you know, versing. Like there's like man versus man, man versus himself. Like you, mm-hmm. it's really, I guess you have to get into the psychological aspects of Superman trying to do all the things that he can't do because he's still... Uh, finite individual. He can't save everything. He can't save everybody. The thing about Superman that people don't, they're like, oh, he's just a Boy Scout. I can't stand him. But he's a god living on a planet full of, like, ants. And he still chooses to do the right thing. Yeah, I think it was on, like, the, was it the first season when Seth was, talked about how uh, DC is, like, about heroes trying to be people and yes. Marvel is about yeah. people trying to be heroes? I thought that was really insightful. Yeah. yeah, that is really insightful. It's pretty cool. I'm pretty much done with Marvel. Like I'm tired of it. Oh <laughs> like, man, Marvel's it so good. wears me out. Like Dude, there's just the, so the, much the of it. New I'm like, stuff, ah, forget it. The new stuff, the Secret Wars. I'm Secret- so old. I'm oh. just like I don't have the energy to keep up with these kids. <laughs> but but 
DC did the same thing like two years ago where they reset everything. I'm everything done with DC. I, dude, I'm like, like I'm done with comic books. I'm like over cape. Old comics. man Nathan is done. I like comic books, but most of them aren't like the traditional superhero type stuff. Dude, I like can't believe preacher? they tried to revamp Fantastic Four. The movie? Yes. They just did it. They just did it to keep the rights. Can they make a good Fantastic Four movie? No, you can't I'm because sure. that's really not crappy. That's anyways. not true. Oh, shut up! Fantastic Four is fantastic. Oh, I never liked it. And I is don't it? mean that. Is it fantastic? I don't mean that pun wise. <laughs> no, Fantastic Four is a really good. Uh, How good is it? So good. Reed Richards is an ass. Let's make these super yeah, goofy Reed characters. Is a oh boy. That's not how they are in the comics. I am Elastic Man. Oh. The comic, the movies. Though, okay. Don't do you do like X Men? Because like a lot of the mutants in X Men get pretty ridiculous. Yeah, some of yeah. them do. That's the whole per- okay. The whole per- like I I really I kind of like the X Men. X Men are fantastic. I really like Wolverine because he straight up murders people. <laughs> I like non Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Dude, I think you Hugh know Jackman what? Does a great job. You know what? I really liked Invincible. I didn't read like just a ton of it, but I read like it's pretty good. I read several of them. And it was it. awesome because, like, when Superman fights, it would be so brutally bloody. Like, so many people would die, and like, it would mm-hmm. just be terrible. And like, that's all wasn't invincible. Like, it was just disgustingly like gory and believable. Of course, I really yeah. like violent. Things. You like violent comics though, like Thirty Days Night. Um, I told you about Preacher. Preacher, you I did. loved it, and you let me borrow it, and I didn't read it, and I gave it back. Well, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I'm just a child. That's okay. It's pretty. I can't organize my time. And I'll loan it to you again. It's pretty borderline blasphemous. Welcome to adulthood. Listeners. Not being able to organize your time. But by still borderline blasphemous, by I mean it's pretty blasphemous. Somehow, by some miracle. Uh, I don't know, man. There's some good stuff out there. There's some really well written comics. Transmetropolitan is amazing. Yeah, Transmet was good. Uh, uh, Alan, let me borrow. I think the first one. I didn't really. I didn't get past that. Just said it was out of, one you let out me print? borrow. Yes. No, it's not was, out of print. That one was weird. I love it. I can't say it was. I definitely won't say it's bad, but it was definitely weird. It was I think cool. it's cool. It was. I intriguing. think it's almost prophetic in the way it does. Like especially towards the third or fourth um, volume, where they start talking about people. Uh, wanting to change themselves into like animal hybrids or people wanting to like merge their consciousness with computers happening. Yeah. I'm like, this is just where it's going. And it was written in the early nineties, late eighties. Really? Something like that. Oh, dude. People that, have known I that could it was be wrong. Go there for like a but, long time though. Well, it's, if you look at like the Jetsons or something, this is going to be the future. And you're like, mm, no, well, yeah, just a Jetsons, bunch of racist yeah. rich people. But there has been good. Oh, wait, no, that is, today. there's been good, good site, like good. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say prescient because like you can't really do that without the benefit of hindsight. But I would say like good, thoughtful, like thought provoking, like things might actually go this way. Sci-fi since like the forties. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about like uh, George Orwell and uh, yeah. Well, shoot, when did he? Re- no, he Orwell, was in forties. Was he? Well, I mean, even okay. think about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It predicted Wi-Fi, cell phones, um, the uh, internet, e-readers, e-readers, like. Everything in that story is just personal robots that clean your house, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Roomba, baby. Roombas. Unless you have dogs, and then it's just like, there's no way that's going to work. They, they do work. Yeah, my parents have a Roomba. What? The I dogs do. I've seen it. Scared of it. They have like a special like pet edition of Roomba. Oh, uh, I, I figure because... It's called Paroomba. My little husky yep. thing would just... Eat, it it's eats called up Paroomba. my giant vacuum dragon? cleaner. Paroomba? Is that a dragon? No. Make, oh. It sounds like it. I was making a joke, and it didn't work. So, is Mr. Poe racist? Like Mr. Popo? Okay, we're talking about Dragon Ball Z now. So, racist thing, listeners. What he's talking about? There's a character on the cartoon Dragon and Ball Z. It the looks anime. like he's, the a, he's, an, he's an alien he's a of an African American. Oh yeah, he's in a the forties. He's a genie, and he was drawn in the eighties by like some Asian anime company, 
And he really does. His skin is completely black. And he's got big red lips and, and like lidless big eyes. But his voice is not any kind of stereotype. He's just, but that's he's a, true. That's and true. he's dressed like a genie. Ah! I look and, at Mr. Poe and I'm like, that looks like the depiction and, of a black And then they redid the stereotype. They did Dragon Ball Z Kai. And they made his skin like navy blue instead of black. That was smart. Uh-huh, yeah. Because he, I think it was, I think it was meant to be racist. I'm like, um, originally. He was a servant. It never occurred to me when I was a kid and I watched it, but no. like looking back, I'm but like, looking back on it, you're minute. like, that was intentional racism by the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Dr. Seuss has any effect on children? Like we're thinking like, you know. Dude, like, do you, you think Dr. Seuss is good or bad? Okay, wow. Well, like just Hang as, on. just Slow as down. like a, uh, an author, like, Speed oh, up. for a children's author. Not him. I mean like his stories. Uh, as a children's author, I think they're, you know, Kids read it like, oh, this is goofy and stupid. I have been reading to my niece Dude. Kaylee, uh, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, as well as Hop on Pop and The Cat in the Hat. And The Cat in the Hat's pretty terrible. Um, I'm just gonna say that. I don't care what people yeah. say. Uh, some of the most important truths about life. Some are of them are about things The Great Butter Battle is like so dark. It's about but what arms do- race and then Yurtle the Turtles about Hitler. I wanna know if kids, <laughs> it is, isn't like, it? do kids even remotely get it? Does it even remotely get into their psyche? Do children did you get fables growing up? Like No, that? absolutely not. But that's the point. They stick with you. And then once you're old enough to think about it, you're like, huh, this has some they truth. They just plant that it. seed. And when you're old, What's it grows. Okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. 100% correct. Also, with uh, Dr. Seuss, most of his books contain like 100 or 200 of like the whatever list of words that children need to learn. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Like he uses... Well, he, was, he uses he a, a lot of them. He was a child psychologist. Correct? He was, and there was like a list of words that kids need to need to learn it by the time they're X yeah. age, and he uses almost all of them. Imagine how good he would have been if he had children or even liked them. I'm ignoring you. Um, fun <laughs> fact about Dr. Seuss is that him and Stan Lee were uh, in the military League together. For I don't like children, and they were both Jews. Uh, well, they are Jews. Well, so. No, I'm saying they were ma- they would make anti-Nazi propaganda cartoons together. Your voice did get a little louder when I said so, though. Like, no, I was saying. <laughs> no, no, wait, no, someone's saying. <laughs> Damn, Josh. Trying to throw me under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to support freaking World Dude, War I love II. I love the, um, oh, I don't even remember which story it is, but it's like, I've got a big bat. I'm already, you see. Now my troubles are going to have troubles with me. Like, I love that one. That's one of my favorites. Is that Dr. Seuss? Yeah. I think so. Oh, That's the cool places life. you'll go? No. It's like, uh, they say there are troubles of more than one size. Uh, some come from ahead, some come from behind, but I've got a big bat. I'm already, you see, now my troubles are going to have troubles with me. When was the last time you read that? I read, I read quotes, like, from authors on Goodreads a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I remember it. It's just fascinating it, that you can remember something like that, even as weird and poetic as, I, I can't, why? I can't remember that rhyme are Yeah, things that rhyme are easy. That's why songs stick with people forever. That guy right there, pointing at Seth, listeners, can remember like every lyric he's ever heard in his stinking life. Not as much anymore, but I used to be able to do it. You could still, you're still better than most this people. This is true. I could listen to a song that I hadn't heard in years and probably sing it. I can't remember but, like, words. Poets, he's very he's a well. freak. That's good. I mean, I, I think it's fascinating. I can't either. I, I like our group of friends because, well, really, there's nobody like any one of us in particular. Like everybody's pretty unique. I feel like, even if there's some overlap, unique snowflake. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. But unique, but just like I, everyone else. I get to. See, <laughs> I see your thought processes, and I'm like, how how does that even work? Like, I don't know why that hits you, or why you understand this specific aspect of things. It is cool. 
It definitely people is. in general are are interesting in that regard. I feel like our group. Okay, so sorry, we, listeners. We're we're gonna circle jerk for a minute. <laughs> but, I've, been, uh, I've been doing that all episode. I just been oh, just want to point that out with Josh. We put da- <laughs> we put down towels. That's not a circle though. Uh, That's a line segment. <laughs> sorry, mom. What did you just do? <laughs> sorry, so, so, sorry, Josh's mom. Oh my gosh! Continue your statement. I'm I, I don't know. This. Like I was just gonna say, I think our group is pretty cool because like our group is not just the guys on the podcast. <laughs> like we have. There's several other friends and spouses and, and spouses and things that like aren't aren't present ever on the podcast, but or Mary has been. Before. They anyway, may be it doesn't at matter. Some point. Well, I didn't I'm actually. Say, air it's that cool one how different we all are, but we all like seem to appreciate it a lot. Yeah, like I I really like hearing people's input about stuff, even like those of us that I I don't always agree with about things. Like I still want to hear what they have to say because like pretty much everybody in our group's like pretty thoughtful and uh like they really do think about stuff, and it's just fun to hear people's perspectives. That, well, like, I mean. Are thoughtful people. I don't know if like-minded people attract like-minded people or not. There's some studies say that that's true. There's other studies that say that that's false. In my life, no. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's it's one of those things. But in general, I would say that we all kind of have come together, and everybody is thoughtful in their own way. Um, I'm probably the least thoughtful of the group because I just say things. But yeah, I don't know. It's int- it is interesting to think about. It's interesting. I feel about. like we are mostly introverted. Isn't that though. interesting, no. listeners? Not me. Isn't it? I, I know. That's talking why I like about you. all these people that you have no idea who they it's are. Not, it's like when your grandparents come over and they're just like they're talking about their friends, and you're just like, I have no idea. Who My friend are. Gladys. She. You remember her? You met her when you were six. <laughs> that's the same <laughs> thing. As she died. Her. She held you like, once oh. when you were a baby. <laughs> sure do remember. Her. Okay. It's like watching Family she, Guy. Did you say she died? <laughs> yeah. That's all it always is. Like she had her third. Uh, bypass surgery, and it's you know really hard on her. She's not doing it again. You're just like, uh, and you're just like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, I feel bad. Like, now, I'm sorry. But... I'm sorry. Like, that's your friend, and you know, I don't, I don't want your friend to feel that way, but I don't know them. I really, I want to. One day, I want to get on here and like just read the. Uh... Let me try that again. One day, I want to get on this podcast and I want to read out the colors test, like just the questions. And let people, like our four or five actual steady listeners, like do it on their own. Because I feel like okay. they would enjoy it. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. That might be a fun thing to do. And in general, like what you were saying about extroverts, like I think I'm – am I the only extrovert out of our friends? Heather's probably an extrovert. Uh, Andrew might be an extrovert. I can see that. And Yeah. Um, yeah, but for the most part, we're definitely mostly introverted, which makes for a kind of a humdrum type of group because Josh pretty much organizes everything. Not not everything, everything, but yeah, pretty much everything. Which it's it's good though, because he's like, let's get us all together, and like all his introverts are like, I don't want to go to Josh's thing, and he's good at it too. Yeah. But like, but we all end up going anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Great, great. L- little, little, no we, one wants to go. A little side note: no, 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 we, isn't canceling plans like the best thing in the world? As like, long as they're Josh's Even plans. if you wanted to go. John Mulaney has a quote that says, on terms of instant gratification, canceling plans is like heroin. Yeah. He has a point. It's the truth. Because cancel plans are like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it is something you want to do, you're just like, Josh, oh, how do you feel about nice. that quote? Uh, I mean. That just opened up like I two enjoy, hours. I don't enjoy canceling plans, so no. <laughs> no, uh, I don't I'll enjoy. just sit and watch YouTube videos. I understand that quote extra. because yeah. there have been times yeah. where there are things that I don't want to do. Oh, right. Um, and that have been canceled and I was like, yes! But I think I could des- describe like the introvert of doing things. Like, okay, with a, a friend like you, Josh. Like, everybody <laughs> yeah. likes you, but then you make a plan and we're like, but I'm sitting on the sofa right now. 
See, that doesn't make sense. I don't want to go. And then, like, once we get there, we have a good time. But actually getting to the to the party is really annoying. We're like, oh my god, I'm doing stuff. And see, that doesn't make sense to me because don't make but, too much noise, Nathan. If sorry. you if you could, we're recording <laughs> right now. I just tried to open my bottle on my mic stand. <laughs> Did you really? No. Oh no, I wasn't looking at you. I was looking at slammed Chase. Slammed it. Um, I mean, see, as an extroverted person, I I always want to do things because I recharge by being around people. Um, and which is why you have so much energy because all your friends are introverts, which you steal their energy from. You have no energy. What? Because <laughs> it's all gone. Because yeah, extroverts take energy from people. Introverts pretty much give it. That's I think you're, you're, like, yeah. you're like ghouls. Just it's not that it it's not people. the one is better from the other, but that's that's the result of how they feel. <laughs> introverts when photosynthesize, and then extroverts are carnivores. Interesting. I'm carnivores sorry. Wait, wait. I win. Ah. I don't know how much I like that. Because it makes me feel like a prey animal. You are. See, not, no, no, you're, you're not a, even a you're prey a plant. Animal. That's less than a prey At least a prey, prey animal, animal can run away. You're just like a <laughs> dandelion. You're, you're, you're a delicate daisy. I'm what prey animals eat. You're, you're da- a delicate daisy. You're a daffodil. So I'm a delicate daisy. I'm a daffodil, <laughs> and Josh is like the cow. Dude, whatever. Thing. You're an oak tree, Nathan. I don't you're like a this analogy tree. either. I think this is a bad analogy. Can we just vote and say yeah, this is a bad analogy? I'm a mighty oak. Say a democracy. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Austrian oak. The Austria. Is that his nickname? That was his nickname when he was bodybuilding. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but no, like when it comes to like getting people together, I, I enjoy making plans. My wife's an introvert and she has told me many times that she wouldn't do things if I didn't make her. I wouldn't do things if you didn't invite me half the time. <sighs> that doesn't make sense to me. Like I can't not. It's so much easier be to around just people. do nothing. It is so much I easier. So, the other it night. takes no effort to do nothing. And you're just like laying there. <laughs> it is like, literally at least a hundred percent easier. Oh, at least. <laughs> and this is, this is that dichotomy of being an extrovert because I kid you not. The other day, Mary, uh, I was off work. Mary had a bachelorette party to go to that during the day. And then she had a thing with your, your sister-in-law, Wendy. Okay. Um, that night. And so there was a good eight, Eight and a half hours where I had no one home and I tried to make plans with everybody and it was the day that everybody can't – like everybody was like, no, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Oh, yeah. Literally, I text everybody on my phone that I usually hang out with and Let's everyone says no. we're special. Yes. Thank you, Josh. I'm serious. I text all of you guys and then like several more people and everybody was like, no, nah, I can't. I even got to the point that I was texting people that I don't regularly hang out with just because I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then – like nobody can hang out, so Mary was like, "It's just fine, just play video games or something." And I had to like actively... online, yeah, online activity. You know, that's no. friends out there on the interweb. I don't, I don't like that though. Like, I want to be around people, and so I was bored out of my mind, and I had so much trouble finding things to do because I couldn't just not do anything. It's a problem. This podcast really fills up my need for social time during the week. So, like, <laughs> if we do this, like, I'm good for the week, honestly. Like, it gets here, and I'm like, yeah, you know. Well, when I, when I was completely jobless and was just home the whole week by myself, I was ready. I was totally ready. It's like, dude, let's have some people over. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I, I look forward to this a lot just because it's it's some of the best conversation I have, like, on a consistent basis for sure. Agreed. And then you get to go home and be like, yeah, that was great. Awesome. We have a time frame that we do this in, and that's awesome. You I'm guys do have to go home and you edit get your crap. crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so it's crap, huh? No, it's actually a really good podcast, in my opinion, um, but I'm biased. So, yeah, in general, I think, I ha- like I said, I have trouble filling up that time. You guys say it's 100% easier to do nothing. 
And I do not get well, that. It gets to a certain extent. Like once, once you do nothing for a long time, it becomes a chore to do nothing. Yeah. It. I, I feel what you feel. It's like I'm just laying there, like I, I, I need to do something because uh-huh. it happened to me. Because I, I, I need to rant I, about I was, politics. I was or unemployed right now. for like what was it, like four months for a point there, and I just yeah for a while. I just felt like I was. I was pointless. I was just sitting yeah. there doing nothing, yeah. and it was terrible. I did that for three months, not quite as long as you. It was but awful. I really Are you enjoy... working there full-time now? No, I am part-time, which is the best thing ever. If I had to choose a life, it would be a 20-hour-a-week <laughs> job. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Because I'm working 20 hours a week right now, and sure, it, it's not nearly as much money as I would make at a full-time you know, benefits job, but... It's really cool because I get up and I feel productive and I make some money and then I go home and play Halo with my brother online. <laughs> so it's that, a good day. That does sound great. Yeah. That sounds like a really good balance. Yeah. I, exactly. Why you do need a balance. Why about that? Four hours a day. Let's go for that. Screw France. It's not progressive enough. 20 hour work week. Let's do it. I feel like it's a bad time to say screw France. You just dated the video. Oh, the, the podcast. Dang. So. The date is going to be stamped uh, on it when I post it. Sh- I didn't even hear it when you said it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. Profile. Josh brought it up. And my Facebook photo has the French flag on it, and I still <laughs> didn't hear it. Oh. So do you think the U.S. Oh, is going to support man. France? Nope, nope, not talking about that. We're not going political. Let's not. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, let's Vito, even, blackballed by... I didn't even put an opinion out there. Doesn't matter. We're I not going there. Opinion. No, I'm saying we're not good. Like the three of us are blackballing that. Let's. let's I don't want to. We should have. I, I want to sit here and see how this goes. <laughs> Screw yourself. I think we should have a podcast. So it's gonna talk be about... Josh going, Chase, no, Chase, no, and I, and me going, go ahead, Chase, <laughs> and me just, Josh, smiling. stop it. <laughs> me encouraging Jason, smiling, and, uh, uh, as the ship burns. No, let's not. But seriously, no. Yeah, but I have a question though. Why don't we? Why do we talk like how about he's just ignoring us? Why about, do we talk about everything a, except politics? Because none of us we talk about religion, we talk about no, we science. really we really don't talk about religion though. We talk about grace a lot, but that's about it. Like sometimes you'll get on one of your anti-religion rants, but that's the most that happens. Like in general, we we pretty much stay away from that kind of stuff because we talk about things that are interesting, or just and, like spiritual things, and like uh, and that's fine. But like, we bring that back into like space and science and technology and. But politics like, plays a part in all Because of politics is such a divisive thing, uh, and it's it not is. fun. And it's like, so mundane. I come here to... I get mad when I talk about to me politics. It is. I think oh, okay. So, I mean... Well, if you guys just don't want to get mad about it, I mean, that makes sense. I, get, I definitely it get gets, fired It makes me really it. frustrated. Yeah, I have yeah. a lot of fun talking politics, but the thing is, I feel like our listener base, you know, that's not huge. We do have... We have <laughs> I feel like our listener base... <laughs> Wanna listen to we, okay, we do have listeners. Go check our. I know none of you in this room actually listen to the podcast, but go look at yeah, our mix cloud. I, I and we too. have, we have listeners. We have subscribers, a few. Um, and I, I feel like they're not gonna want us to like just go on, like t- what three libertarians and one Republican. Like I don't. Who's the Republican? I thought it was you. No. What are you? Who's the Republican? It's a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that is such a good idea. Oh, good. Or like, I, I guess, almost halfway I guess stole that. Two libertarians, an anarchist, more or less. I'm libertarian, borderline, ethnic government. And yeah, then whatever you are, Chase. I don't know what you are. 
I don't know either. You're but not, I'm also you're not a libertarian, pretty, but you're pretty ignorant when it comes to political science. I definitely so everything I say about anything related to politics should definitely be taken every grain of salt. I think I definitely <laughs> lean more towards libertarian than I do Republican or Democrat, but it doesn't mean that that's like the best definition of me. Well, there's no best definition for you can't put Chase in a box. Basically, anybody. You put me in a circle, and that's how. That's when I figured out that Chase was God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I don't like our listeners aren't going to want to hear that. We don't have a good, reasonable, uh, like liberal voice in, until Seth Feldstein is here. When he's here, we definitely do, and then then I'm kind of more okay with it because we have a voice of reason. But like, I feel like we're super I'm balanced. I, in here right now? Well, me, me and yeah. Josh are basically going to say the same thing. Yeah, we're very so, similar. Like, I'm, I'm you, super. You're a little more conservative than I am. I don't think so. I, I think thought it's it was around. No, what? Dude, I'm I, pretty liberal on social issues. Like most social too. issues, I'm gigantically liberal. I no, I, no, I'm more liberal. I'm more liberal. <laughs> no, I'm saying like, I'm not. We're not arguing about that. I'm just I don't have not. a ton of use for those words anymore. I know they, they don't even mean more that. meaningless to me. All they the don't time. even mean the same thing because technically, I would consider myself liberal, but according to the modern definition, I'm assuredly not a liberal. It, like it's a like classical. Okay, liberalism. here we go. Let's yeah. talk about politics. No, it's not. About, uh, <laughs> It's happening, Josh. Just ah! go with it. It's like you said, you're socially liberal. But Yay. the thing is, like, I would consider myself extremely socially liberal. Um, but for conservative reasons. But because I feel like it's none of the government's fucking business who you marry or where you go to church or any of that shit. Or what shit. drugs you it do. It doesn't or matter. It doesn't matter. Just let people how you like, protect yourself. live and let live. Like, that's a conservative, I have conservative motivations with like a liberal outcome. I mean, look yeah. back in the 1960s. The way that Democrats and Republicans were viewed and what their policies were. Mm -hmm. It was almost the reverse of what it is now. True. My whole thing is, is, this is how I view, I try and view everything in life this way if I can. Um, Don't try and force your views on others and... I have a problem with that. (laughs) Believe what we believe or else. (laughs) Or else. No, I'm saying like, don't cost other people money and just government needs to stay out of people's hair and let them do what they want. Like within reason. Like if Basically, you're not, live and if let you're live. not hurting anyone, if you're not hurting anyone, if your actions aren't directly harming anybody else, I don't see a problem. Which is hilarious why suicide is illegal because that means the government has more control over your life than you do. Right? See? What are they going to do though? I'm for the legal. Well, the thing is if you, if you but, commit, but you, okay, no, if you try right, and commit right. suicide, and you fail, you don't go to jail. It's not really illegal. You don't go to jail. You go to counseling or something, it's and it's not even illegal. What is illegal is assisted suicide. Yeah, exactly. That's and and even in, what, and that's what, a little trickier. And don't you love that legal, joke? It goes, "How do you feel about euthanasia?" I feel like they're all like the other kids in the world. <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's it. Absolutely terrible. I love that joke. That was good. I like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, Seth liked cheap. it. It was good. He well, knows puns. It wasn't racist in any way. They're youths in Asia, and they're like <laughs> youths everywhere else in the world. Yeah. It's all about equality, Josh. Way to be racist, What do you Josh? hate about that so much? The Asians, <laughs> obviously. I was thinking Whoa. more bad puns. I think, but, okay. I think Josh just thought it was a cheap joke. Yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. It's a great joke. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's such a I, bad I liked joke. it. I, thought, I chuckled. Um, it's so novel. It's like ha- a swap. It brought joy to my day. Night. <laughs> My day night. What were we talking about? Politics. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's live and let politics. live is a good uh, is a good motto in my opinion. And live and let like, die. My is a thing good is, song. I don't. 
Like, I had a coworker ask me about gay marriage, and they were like, well, do you think it should be legal? And I'm like, I don't think the government should have any say in what right? you do, period. I don't believe in state-recognized marriage. Right. It's yeah, a false state- dichotomy. Do you agree yeah. with it or disagree with it? Neither. You shouldn't have to decide. I think shouldn't if, have to have a, the if, government shouldn't have a call, period. If yeah. two dudes say they're married, then I'm cool with that. Yeah, they're married. Who cares? When I say, like, I support gay marriage, that's basically what I mean. Because, like, I don't believe in state-recognized marriage. I think it's ridiculous. Like, it should be between Agreed. you... You and the other person, two or consenting persons, adults. I don't, two, I don't really. two consenting two adults. Consenting adults is two all or needs more. To be done. I don't care <laughs> if a whole gang of adults want to get together and like we're all married together. As long as they're consenting, let them. As if they're happy and they feel like it adds to their life. And I don't they're not a, hurting anyone. From a and legal not hurting anyone, I don't give a crap. What right. They from do. a legal perspective, the government shouldn't have any say over that. Why? Why would they? Like I am married to this goat. Like honestly, the, if you uh, say so, then you are. Well, the thing the, is, then you. Get, I hope you die happy. Then you get into a little bit of a tricky thing because it all involves consent. Yeah. Okay. The something goat didn't something consent. that can't consent cannot be also involved. gross involved in that. Okay. Yes, yeah. gross. But like animals, right. I'm just saying, such as yeah. like marriage is a cool sacred thing, in so much as the people that say that they are married make it that. Yeah. Because, like, there are people that, like, you know, there are religious people who are married who refuse to get a divorce even though they hate each other because divorce is wrong. And I'm like, you know what else is wrong? Like, forcing yourself to be married to somebody that you can't stand anymore and putting your kids through all that. Like, and wouldn't it be better to get a divorce? Dying miserable. You know what I mean? It's like, but that's not what God wants. I was like, well, that just sounds crazy to me. Well, like, that's also a, a very juvenilistic <sighs> view of God in that I, God is – that's the whole – God sitting like, over there course, watching you. Of course, you should like make it work first, right? Yeah, if you can, but do maybe. it. But if she's cheated on you six right, times and right. she doesn't feel like stopping, or he's cheated on you nine times and or, doesn't feel like or stopping, or even, or even if you're both just like, you know, this isn't working. Neither of us are happy. Yeah, or he won't stop hitting you. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, did I? Uh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off again. No, you're fine. There, there was a really, there's a guy Curtis Armstrong. Rude. He's an actor. I think he was on Revenge. I don't remember what he was on. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, maybe. Revenge he was on he's on Harmontown a lot. He's a like regular Harmontown guest. Yeah, podcast. I think that's the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Uh I love and anyway, like he talked about like when he got a divorce with his first wife, he said basically our marriage reached a point where we cared more about saving the friendship than we cared about saving the marriage. So we got a divorce. And I was like what a beautiful like sentiment. I think that's really rare. I like, think that is oxymoronic. And to this day, no, personally. to this day they're friends. Like, his wives, his current wife and his ex-wife, like, work together. His ex-wife is his, like, daughter's uh, godmother. But, like, they I care think, more about saving the friendship than they care about saving the I marriage. I think the thing with marriage is that to be t- today, anymore. in this day and age, no matter who you talk to, whatever religion, whatever non-religion Was they're it this a part guy? of, they no longer take marriage seriously. It's more like a trial and error sort well, of thing. Well, it's because of how we portray it. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Right. If we portrayed it as we're talking about, you know, it's, it's a thing between two people that would take some of the stress off of it. And the fact that it doesn't have to be this big showy ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. That you have to drag the, you know, the le- whole town. The legal precedence into. Right. It's just something between two people who agree to live together and be beholden to one another. And you're coming at this from like a keep the government out of it stance, right? You're yeah. Not, are you talking about, okay. That, that's what curious. I'm saying. I'm like, if you looked at it that way, it changes what Nate was saying. Cause like people aren't looking at it that way. They're looking at it as this, it's not about the commitment. It's about the, the ceremony and the title. Yeah. In this day and age. Yeah. Definitely. And that's not, not I mean, not always, obviously not always. No. Dude, but, I have I gotten mean, in arguments with Christians emphasis. before though. 
who said like when you get married you have he'd like okay this is a teacher at uh, a hyper conservative christian school that i used to go to so hyper conservative it was it was putting tape on the doors on field trips religiously conservative not secularly conservative which is really different uh, oh yeah, good point. Good yeah, point. Hyper I, I, I can attest to what Nate is saying. So yes, definitely. The rest of us can't attest to it. We think he's lying. You never, you didn't ever go to a Christian public or private oh, that's school. True. Did no, you? I didn't. I guess you did, didn't you? I yeah. But uh, all right, fine. He, he made <laughs> retracted. He made the statement that when like Christians get married, they have to get the marriage license from the state. All right. Right. And I'm like, okay. So the state is your religion as well, then, right? I'm like, they get to dictate. Why? It. Why does it Dave lose legitimacy, right? Like this is a okay. Like so, we agree that this is a uh, a covenant made between this a man and a woman and God, or like according to his definition, like a man and a woman and God. Like other people would disagree, like man and man, whatever, you know, whatever. So like so, we agree, like man and woman, God is a covenant between those three people, right? So like, why does the state have to be a part of it? Why does it gain or lose legitimacy based on whether or not the state is involved? Well, that's just... And he didn't have a good answer, but he was so adamant that like, it had God to be the government. And exalting government. And, and it was just crazy Speaking to of me. diminishing. And this is people's attitude towards... This conversation is going no. Well, I could get on a rant. No. <laughs> I, I won't get on a rant. What were you going to say, Well, I mean, the whole thing, you know, the anti... I've heard the argument with, you know, people who are anti-gay marriage that, you know, it undermines or diminishes the legitimacy of other marriages. And I'm like, what? How shaky is your marriage? What little emphasis, what little power do you put in your own marriage that two people, uh, two guys getting married in a state that you don't even, uh, two people you don't even know in a state that you've never been to, getting married to each other because they love each other makes your marriage any less real? What little stake do you put in it? Like, what an. (laughs) Like, how flimsy is that? Well, that gets into the argument of I was more for like the whole states' rights issue on this perspective, but obviously the Supreme Court thought it was a, uh, a, I guess sexuality was a a sacred thing, kind of like your your race is, and that's how they ruled on it. But from my opinion, the way I agreed upon things in my mind was that if you want gay marriage to be legalized or you want gay marriage to be illegal these are all economic uh issues really what it is since the united states recognizes marriages whether it's a secular marriage where it's a man and a man or a woman and a woman or it's a religious marriage specifically obviously you know opposite genders the only reason why you would ever argue is the fact that you get some type of tax credit yeah you get some sort of benefit from it Right. So for me, if the government told me I couldn't get married, I would just flip up my middle finger and say, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care what you legally recognize because this means something to me. And for me, I would never, I never care what the government thinks because I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to do what I know is right. So I, for, for both sides of the issue, I never understood the arguments personally. Well, the thing is, this is all working within the boundaries of how our government works. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, like we said, they w- they would have no say in any way, shape, or form on what you did. But because we gave them that power and they do have that, we got to work within those bounds at least right. for now. That's that. That's that stupid, like like a loaded question or a false dichotomy that it's. 
people make it as simple as that, but it's really not that simple. And we shouldn't be answering the question. We should be changing the question. My whole point is that the government shouldn't have so much power over the individual. But they do. Yeah, I know, but they should. So we gotta fix that. And, the, and, yeah, and we it, can't, we can't fix that by suddenly going from have to have not. But you can, like what Chase said, like, uh, there, there's a quote that you say all the time, like, the, the best form of resistance is to be so free. What, it, what is that? Your very existence is a form of rebellion. Yeah. yeah like, your very existence is a form Who of rebellion. Who said that originally? Uh, was it Albert, uh, not Albert Ellis? Einstein, but Albert, uh, Albert Ellis? Is it Ellis? The psychologist, right? Yes. Anyway, Philosophy, I, psychologist. Anyways. Anyway, like, I'm I, it up. like if they say, like, um, you know, marriage, like, you're not allowed to get married or whatever, and you're just like, you know, middle finger up, we're just going to live like we're married, and we're going to say that we're married. We're going to believe that we're married. Well, because really, the only thing that matters in a marriage are those two people. Yeah. Who cares? Like, well, and potential children. Okay, yeah, and potential, and potential children. Ch- okay, so there's, there is one benefit to getting married besides, like, the tax thing, and it's, like, uh, visitation at the hospital. Well, that's what I think is. And, Albert Camus, not Ellis. And, uh, Camus, Camus, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my... I really, I really like that guy. If you listeners want to listen to somebody, yeah. Albert Camus Legal is a cool say guy. on the other person's behalf, like, power right. of attorney. Okay, yeah. And all that kind of so stuff. So things oh my like gosh. that, that's so, pretty big. That's pretty big. Did you guys hear the ridiculousness? I guess we're going to get into politics. The show? Ridiculous? Gosh, ridiculousness? We've been in politics like knee deep for a while now. By that I mean I guess I'm going to say something. So did you hear about the ridiculous? Okay, so there's this couple. I think it was in Florida, I want to say. Because everything weird happens in Florida. But one of them was very sick. They're a gay, gay couple. One of them was very sick. And so the other one legally adopted the other one to become yeah. like father and son so they could be next of kin so that they could oh, that's weird. so that they could see each other Boom. in the hospital it was, a, it was a loophole that's awesome but now that uh you know na- nationwide they can't get married now now they can't get married and so they went to a judge to get the adoption annulled because they're like we only did this as an extreme measure like to we're be not able to, genetically related in yeah, any way to be able to see each other and the judge was like you guys are perverts you want to marry your own son? That's disgusting. And then, like in, in the, in <laughs> the news, in it was forties. In the news, it was just like father and son. Yeah, in the news, they the news played it off as father and son attempt to get married. The news does a lot of stupid things. And like oh they're gosh. the same age. It makes me so angry. I'm my own grandpa. Just why? Why America's theme song? Why do people in the first place? Like the government shouldn't have the right to tell you that and, you can't see each other. Like in in a hospital, right? Or uh, and that's not the government. I guess that might be hospital decide. policy. All right, all right. Devil's advocate. What if you're like not in your right mind and you say, "Yeah, let them in." Like, I mean, if you have an assessment done to where it's like, "Oh, that person is not in the right mind." That's why you definitely have some type of will or some type of written documentation. Yes, everyone should have that. that happens. Uh, yes, a DNR or something. So, do you guys have it? Do you guys have like a working, like a living will or whatever? No, nope, because I, I, I don't do care what happens to me. Now that Mary and I have a kid coming, no, I don't. I don't mean after you're dead, but like you write these things down beforehand so they have something that they can show someone if you're like ever in the hospital or something. Now like that, that Mary and I are having kids, we've actually we're gonna we have plans to sit down and like get one written out. So yeah, I don't we're, have anything. We're about to. There is. Oh, a, I don't have anything either. There's a over two thousand no year old statement that, that I know says. Of. Uh, I'm not going to say it in Latin because it's been too long since I've taken Latin. But it says that a right abused is still a right. Hmm. And so what that's saying is all these different things that we're talking about, like we were just talking about gay marriage. And so the the issue is marriage in particular. But this is just one aspect of, of what this statement refers to. It could be uh, 
drugs and alcohol and sex and all these different issues. It's a right for you as an individual to live as you please, yep. not according to uh, what anybody else's moral standards are. So you get to do these things despite the fact that if you abuse them, it's your right anyways. And this could include uh, Shooting up unemployment until you die. Or, or something like that. I just yeah. went with unemployment. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> it, which, I mean, right now that's your right, but, you know, a lot of times it's it's not in whatever country or era that you live in. So just because you abuse these things does not take it away from you. And this is a principle that's been around for a few thousand years that our current era has really neglected. We decided that, no, somebody else, the community has more say over your personal self than you do. But it, it depends on how you structure things. Because if you go full socialist... You know, I don't want you to do a bunch of drugs and end up in the hospital because I'm paying for that. Right. So I get to so, tell you that you can't do that. Exactly. And Which is fair. That's completely it's fair. It's fair, but like, it's not right. It's fair, though. Yeah, but that's not, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not the ideal, but that's, I mean, it's the only fair way to go about it. Exactly. Which I'm an idealist, which gets me into a lot of trouble because people say you can't live an ideal world, but I always strive for that. Um, I lost what I was going to say. It just flew out of my head. That's something else crazy about humans. Like that, oh, I or I think it's crazy <laughs> that like we can dream of a world that's like better and perfect. Like we all agree that this would be the perfect world, and like it always feels like it's just right there. Like if we just did like a few things, everybody What's has a, that feeling. Well, I mean, funny. it's because you have a bunch of. If you think of it as a, what are you? Nate, doing? you need to turn your mic. Oh yeah, Nate. It's, it's, I was like breathing into it really bad, and so oh, okay. just lift it up towards more parallel with your nose, and it won't. You won't breathe in it as bad. Just move your pop filter. There you go. That's better. Um, <laughs> it's not that much better. But so okay. think about. And now it's right in front of my face. Think. About, I'll just look at you guys through my pop filter. All right. Think about a six by six square. Okay, made out of wood. Now put like a three inch lip on the top of that uh, six by six square. Okay. Now put. I hate microphones. I just learned. Nathan's having so much trouble. Dude, you know what I want? A headpiece. Like a Britney Spears or something. The problem with those is they don't sound good. Like. You can't find one that sounds good? Well, not, unless not you spend a lot of money. Yeah. If you want to spend a lot of money, go for it. I'll send you a list. <laughs> um, anyway, so you have this Maybe six this by six square. This is so better. Without the pop filter? But it's bad for the audio though, because you'll hear it like anytime you make a P sound, it's going to sound really loud. Poop. P sound. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like how you tested that once, and you're like, yep. You are making so much noise. I know. <laughs> I'll edit this part out. I don't like it any more than you do. So you have this board, mm. this square that's six by six with a three inch lip, and then you put 2,000, like, marbles in it, okay? Okay. Now try and make those marbles into the shape of a Christmas tree by shaking it as much as you can. It's like, it's not gonna happen. And that's the same thing with people trying to change the world, because you have one individual that really wants to be that Christmas tree. And then you have 200 billion marbles just running around everywhere, doing everything else, doing whatever they want to do. I guess not 200 billion. You have 7 billion marbles, other so marbles. So many marbles. You have so How many, many marbles. marbles does it take to make a Christmas tree? <laughs> a Christmas tree was just the first thought that came to my head. You can say it with any shape. Don't edit this out. This is real and visceral. And, Listeners, and, Nathan is having so much trouble with his microphone right now. And important. He messed with it. This and is now this, it's this bad. is classic man versus machine. This right is here. <laughs> this is real life. It's freaking epic. It here. It's the modern struggle of man. That's what we should call this. It's <laughs> it's a it's a living art piece. You should take a picture and put a link in the description. I'm gonna take a picture and put a link in the description. 
Nate has to hold his. You know what? He he's just gonna hold it. He's just gonna unscrew it and put it in front of it. Yep. Why don't we just get one of those things you actually put on top of it, like a microphone condom or whatever? Oh, what? That's what it's called. A microphone. It's condom. a wind sleeve or a. No, mic- it. Yeah, it's, it's either a wind sleeve or a condom. It's called a condom. Yes, a condom isn't okay. So con- people think condom and they think like condom for sex, penis. But condom <laughs> just means something that covers something else to protect it. Oh, so, so like, like a, so like a helmet is a so condom. So the Constitution yeah. is a condom for the people. Shut up. Um, no, Bring but it like, back to yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so according to the definition that I was just given. If you get online and you're typing, like, <laughs> if, get on Amazon. If I smack my microphone with a pop filter every time I take it away, is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you look so goofy just holding your pop filter. I don't know, it looks like you're almost like holding a, a weird monocle. The mounting like, mechanism, yes, you're like a fancy terrible. lady at the opera holding up binoculars. Yes, the mounting yes. mechanism is terrible. It's not built for this microphone state <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> It's listeners, really not. listeners, we've gone an hour. Thanks for listening. We love Don't you. Don't edit that out. It's real. We love you guys. Goodbye, folks. Bye.